This is the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast with your host, Big Bad Boris. Welcome, my friends, to a new edition of the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast on the Love Wrestling Podcast Network. My name is Big Bad Boris, and I'm joined by uh, one of my favorite people, actually. This is someone that, uh, that I like very much, I've got a lot of respect for, and I enjoy being around. It is the thickness himself, Mr. Reed Matthews. Reed, what the hell's going on? Not too much, man. Yourself? I'm doing very well. I appreciate you adjusting your schedule. We were supposed to record this last night, but I ended up doing a midweek overnight shift, and I was kind of out of it yesterday. So thank you for working around me. No worries. I'll work around anything for you. No, listen to this guy. What a guy. So so I want to kind of start back at the beginning, as I like to do with a lot of, of my friends, so I can learn a little bit more about them and where you got the bug, where you first saw this crazy thing called professional wrestling. Uh, it started, I, I'm always bad at remembering what year it was. Uh, Netflix had a bunch of docuseries on wrestlers. And the first one I saw was The Rock. So I saw his documentary. I think it was leading into WrestleMania that year, I want to say. Um, and then from there, it just kind of stemmed like I watched after that was, I want to say Stone Cold. And then I watched just a bunch of other uh, WWE documentaries that were on Netflix and I was saying to myself, I'm like, uh, this is probably still on TV. I should try and find this. And the first Raw I watched was the Raw before SummerSlam, Daniel Bryan versus John Cena for the title. Okay. Yeah, before they started the network, WWE actually had quite a bit of content on Netflix at one time. They did. I know. I watched a lot of it. <laughs> so but you, you, did, you wrestled in school, did you not? You have an amateur thing going on, do you not? Yeah, I have an amateur wrestling background. I wrestled for five years. Through through school or? Yep. Yeah, through school. I didn't continue in college. Why not? Uh, I just kind of fell, fell out of love with it. Uh, there was a lot of mental toll that I guess at the time I just wasn't ready for or prepared for. And I just kind of felt like a lot of my effort was not uh, showing any fruits. Oh, okay. As they say. Do you find that a lot of the, the amateur that you did has helped you out as you, you turned pro, so to speak? Oh, tons. Like, I remember when we started at Lance's school, like, you're just doing, like, learning the roles and even to a little bit of extent bumping, like, I've already learned some of these things, you know, so I knew how to do the and how to bump. And I just felt like the overall athleticism really transferred quite easily. So do you think that put you a little bit ahead of the game then? Yeah, because like in, in my class, there are, of course, lots of them watched wrestling for years. There's a, a couple of them who actually wrestled. Um, and they were just kind of coming in to be better, essentially. Uh, and then there's a few of us who were just like really athletic. And now I, I fell into that pool. And it worked out very well. So as you're watching these things on Netflix and, and the stuff and started watching, you know, the weekly TV shows, when was the point where you were like, well, this is something that I can do or something I want to try to do. Um, so, yeah, I started watching that SummerSlam and then I moved for college. And it was probably halfway through college when I, I really was like, I should really do this. I'm like, I'm, I'm watching SmackDown and Raw every week. I'm going to the Cineplex Theater to watch pay-per-views. Um, and eventually I finished college, started working in construction, 
uh, absolutely hated where I worked at <laughs> and was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go do wrestling. And it was actually my father who discovered Lance's school. Okay. And pretty much the rest is history from there. So joined what... Lance of uh, January 2015. So what did you take in college? Now I'm curious. Uh, it's a course at Nate called Millwork and Carpentry. It was essentially like a Kickstarter course if you wanted to get into construction trades. Oh, okay. Uh, so you do is four semesters. First few semesters, you do a little bit of millwork, a little bit of carpentry, and then halfway through, they're like, "All right, what do you want to do?" And then from there, you chose either carpentry or millworks, and I chose carpentry. Did you like it? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I think unfortunately, when I left school, I was with not the greatest company. And at the time, like I reached out to some companies for some work. They didn't get back to me, but I worked for this company previously. And when I first worked with them, they were super fun, really easy to get along with, uh, made a boatload of money too, which also helped. And then when I went back, it just was not the same. It was awful. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go wrestle. So you said your dad heard about Lance's. How did your dad hear about this? I don't want to say he listened to it on the radio. Okay. I want to. I don't remember if it was busted open or not. Hmm. Um, but I know he learned it. Uh, oh no, wait, he learned it from a buddy of his, because um, a buddy of his is a big wrestling fan, and I guess he heard about it from somewhere, and so he was just like, "Yeah, my my friend told me about the Lance Storm as a wrestling school." That's what it was. So who else was in your class? I always like to ask about this just because there's Lance people have kind of come from all over the world and gone back to all over the world. We kind of cross paths with a lot of interesting people. So who was in your class that I would know? Um, that you would know, of course, you would know uh, Aiden Adams, Ennis. Oh, fuck that guy. Of course. <laughs> um, Giselle Shaw. Was in my It's uh, fun, class kind of as funny because well. Giselle Shaw and Aiden Adams were both in... Uh, uh, in attendance at the last Love Pro Wrestling show, Aiden Adams decided that it was open mic night and he would just sit down next to me and start doing commentary, which I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> and it's always great to see Giselle. I hadn't seen Giselle around these parts in quite some time. Uh, who else? Mm -hmm. um, some people you wouldn't know. There's a gentleman in Italy right now wrestling named uh, Rocco Casanova. Okay. He actually did a couple stints for RCW when he was training. Uh, and then there is another friend of mine in the States right now his uh i don't know what his i think his 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 uh, indie name is mambo italiano okay i could be wrong um he also did a couple stints for rcw and pwa when he was training but like he's also been on AEW dark he's been extras for wwe consistently what was his name um, in pwa um god man i don't even remember i remember his name was andre but i don't remember what his wrestling name was because he wasn't the italian cop was he no, he was the, he was, that's uh, Rocco Casanova. Oh, so Rocco Casanova was Manganello? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that is so awesome. Yeah. What about and Ivan the... and I, we used to, I don't know what it was about Manganello, but we fucking loved that dude. And we he was, wanted him to stay really and just be the champion forever. We were big, big Manganello fans. So I'm glad you he brought was... that back into my life. He was really good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed working with him because actually my first match for PWA was with him in a six-man tag. Um, but if you remember, there's a taller Italian gentleman with him. That is Andre. That is the other okay. guy who's in the States right now. And he's doing reasonably well for himself then. He is doing reasonably well. Now, Manganello, I think that Spencer should find Manganello and bring him back. Man, that that guy, he, we were all about Manganello. 
Um, so how long between the start of training and, and the first match? Um, I love I first match stories. So I originally, so we did like a, I would, I would call it a tryout match because it was a, just a six man tag. There was five PWA trainees and Frenetico. Okay. And then after that is when I actually had my first, like, I am Reed Matthews. This is my first PWA match against uh, Nazar. Oh, Good God. Shiki, baby. And did he, did he carry you to a passable match? Oh, yeah. No, I thought we had a fine match. Like, I was super green, super nervous. Uh, he took great care of me. You know, really, really great guy to have a first match with. Nothing but good uh, things to say about Sheikak Bershavats. I secretly love Shiki Baby. I won't tell anyone else to them to their face, but I secretly love him. Yeah, he's he's a good dude. <laughs> so I think um, when things really started to pick up for you, and I don't mean to write your story or anything, but I think when, when the whole Millennial Rebel thing happened and you kind of turned heel and that faction kind of formed, I think that's when you really started to pick up some steam. How did you get involved in all that? Um, so being the young guy I was, I was very shy when I first started. So like talking to a lot of people was a little difficult. Um, but Colton Kelly. And we were all just stuck um, up assholes, right? No, 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 no I'm just that. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not that, um, it's interesting looking back. Cause like, I, I look at like my relationship with everyone now from that locker room mm-hmm. and it's like, man, it's crazy how times have changed and it's like if i could have went back and like told myself a few things like things probably would be i'd be where i am now back then yeah it's kind of crazy to see but it's but hard time, to come in it's hard to come in in you know an established promotion that with you know established talent and people that have been together for a long time and just the wrestling business in general can be weird so you know i can totally understand being you know you know close mouth and open ears and try to you know just behave and, and do your thing and and get over especially when like especially at the time when i first started i was really kind of like embarrassed at the fact was like i only started watching wrestling since like 2013 and like i knew like nothing these people talked about <laughs> like other than what i found in like these documentaries on netflix yeah right like i knew like the famous names but like when people would get down to the nitty-gritty i'm like i have not a clue what you're saying about um, all the, the indie guys and all that kind of stuff. But that's fine. I mean, everybody gets, you know, mm-hmm. gets where they're going from, from different ways. So, so, but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. How did the, the millennial rebels come about? Uh, Colton Kelly and I just kind of like, he, he kind of picked me out of the, the crowd essentially. And uh, we became good friends and I don't know the, the actual, like, Oh, we're going to team them together. I think he was just like, Hey, put me and Reed together. Um, kind of like, he'll help me out. Kind of like bring me out of my shell type deal. And um, and then we were supposed to do it during his match with Tex Gaines, until Tex Gaines shattered both his ankles. Oh, that's when yeah he he yeah that was kind of the big angle for for Colton to to really kind of strike out and and yeah I remember very early yep. on there was some sort of leg injury that kind of kiboshed that whole thing. Yep, he shattered both his ankles, I, and I was the match was supposed to turn heel. I was supposed to go out mm-hmm. and help him win. But then he already won, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I remember <laughs> Andy Anderson was standing behind the curtain. It's just like, just go out there and figure something out. Thanks, coach. So, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it I'm worked like, out. For I the don't best. know. It did. It did. Like the, I do. I give a lot of credit to who I am now to Colton Kelly. You know, because like without him, I wouldn't have kind of started opening my shell. And then even when we split up, like we had pretty much like full creative over our split up and how we're going to do it 
and I thoroughly enjoyed every step of the way. Yeah, you're jumping a little bit ahead of me now. All right, just settle down, kid. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no problem. Uh, we're gonna go to your first track, and I'm not sure which one to pick, but I think I'm gonna go with the one that surprised me. I don't know anything about Rustage. This is a, a a band called Rustage, and the track is called Can't Stop. It's very kind of hip hoppy and kind of I don't want to say weird because that's got a negative connotation, but kind of different. Tell me about this and tell me what I don't know. Uh, so Rustage is actually one guy. He uh, is what they, I don't know if it's considered nerdcore or nerd rap. He's essentially like an anime rapper normally. And he released his own, his first album, I want to say last year. And uh, I just really liked the song because it was really like kind of uplifting and like pushing yourself uh, with your career and, kind of like just keep rolling with the punches people will say things but don't matter just kind of you know you know how you, you know how good you are and keep striving to be better essentially okay right on okay so the artist is rustage the track is can't stop on the punk and pod Rappers podcast I've been running marathons of sprint times Ignite all of my fibers, I do it king size Sit tight, we keep on working way up to midnight Total domination, play the game like this is Civ 5 Big time, I don't even seem distressed I stay tracking all my goals like a GPS With no invites, don't need help to be the best I know I'm grading up that cheddar like I'm DPS uh, Heavy move, deliberate, listen This shit is limitless, written, guess you're illiterate So look at what the image is, the difference is You're hungry whilst I'm eating like Elizabeth These rappers always try too hard and vanish like they Icarus Dungeon master, I got practice with initiative Always throwing around my voice like a ventriloquist Highs and Newton, how I break the laws of motion The velocity I'm moving at would anger any physicist I don't ever slow down, no I won't wait Do it on my own grounds, I don't obey We about to go loud, about to go ape Shaking up the rust, we've been going since the stone age I don't even know how to stop Reaching the sky, better know that I'm godlike I don't even know how to stop Look in my eyes and afraid of the spotlight I don't even know how to stop They wanna fight, but don't know that I can't fight I don't even know how to stop No, I don't even know how to stop People criticize that you'll live a different life They don't understand that I don't care cause I'm too disciplined I just need to give it time, fuck a plan, I improvised I'd be making music even if nobody listened in Got it, this is a prequel but no Hobbit Run it, horror my logo, no Team Rocket Giannis, call me a freak man, that's just honest Krenko, how I multiply subscribers like they garbins Offense, you don't know the weather that I'll be putting in Crossing with an animal, that's news upon the bulletin If I started rapping even harder, they'd be bullying I'll beat them out so bad that you can't even take a look at it. Yo, I couldn't win a fiber man, I win a game of Scrabble How I act like gravy, I don't even raise a can Bomber, how I keep this all inside me like a capsule. I've been so inspired ever since I heard it down. I don't even know how to stop. Reaching the sky, better know that I'm godlike. Uh, I don't even know how to stop. Look in my eyes and afraid of the spotlight. Uh, I don't even know how to stop. They wanna fight, but don't know that I got by. Uh, I don't even know how to stop. No, I don't even know how to stop. I'm done with making music I don't care about yeah. I got ideas that are begging me to let them out yeah. I got an audience, I'm worried that I'll let them down But I got a fire burning in me so I'll make them proud yeah. I don't ever slow down, no I won't wait yeah. Do it on my own grounds, I don't obey yeah. We about to go loud, about yeah. to go age yeah. Shaking up the rust, we've been going since the stone age I don't even know how to stop Reaching the sky, better know that I'm godlike uh, I don't even know how to stop Look in my eyes and afraid of the spotlight uh, I don't even know how to stop They wanna fight, but don't know that I got by uh, I don't even know how to stop No, I don't even know how to stop I don't even know how to stop Reaching the sky, better know that I'm godlike I don't even know how to stop Look in my eyes and afraid of the spotlight I don't even know how to stop They wanna fight, but don't know that I got bites I don't even know how to stop No, I don't even know how to stop That is Rustage The track is Can't Stop the 
first pick from the thickness, Reed Matthews. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, the big face turn because uh, PWA got a lot of miles out of your your feud with Colton Kelly. And I think it was one of the best parts of the, of the show for, for a lot of months. Yeah, it, I don't think... I, you know, it's funny. I think we originally planned to have the feud not go as long, but because a lot of personal things in our lives kept happening, um, it ended up being as long as it was. Because, like, so originally uh Colton Kelly takes me out after we lose the titles and at that point I'm like I just kind of wanted to take a three-month break at the time I was moving around for jobs so I'm like take the three months kind of get myself settled and this also build like he can go out there and build his own thing and like really like put forward the story and so then when I was going to come back at night of champions I believe it was you know then it's going to get a good reaction Hmm. but then he broke his foot like a month and a half after I I took a break. So then even he was missing some time. And I remember to this day, like that night of champions when I did my return, um, like he had to come back. He still had the, the boot on mm. his foot for the return. But it was like, we just needed it. We needed him to be there so he could do me coming back and then he can go back to healing. And then literally... I want to say like a month and a half or maybe even a month later, uh, I ended up breaking my hand, which then sidelined me for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Or is that when I broke my hand? Actually, I'm not trying to remember when everything <laughs> happened. Cause I remember, so he came back shortly after summer and I think it was about, I think it was October is when we kind of picked things back up. And that's when we started having like the back and forths, and then eventually led to February where I wrestled uh, Kenneth Anthony and became the Mayhem champion to challenge him for our last man standing match. Now the Mayhem championship you held for, are you still Mayhem champion? I don't even know. So I don't know. I don't know what the boss says about it. Uh, according to cage fighter, I've been champion for over a thousand days. <laughs> Did you, at the, at the second, see, I got a terrible, terrible memory. The the second Saddle Dome show, did you defend that title? Out? I did. I defended it against Sheik Akbar Shabazz in a tables match. Oh, that's right. What did you do? Oh, you And then the first one, you were in the, the Battle Royal, right? That was Battle Royal with you. Okay, we're going to talk about that a little later. Um, okay, so I've got my Saddle Dome shows mixed up because for some reason I thought that you and, and Sheik Table was the first Saddle Dome show. Anyway, um, you have a very historic uh, Mayhem title run uh, and a lot of like fun gimmick matches. What are some of the ones that your favorites that stick out? Because there was quite a few. Um, man, I mean, like I really liked the Last Man Standing match that uh, Colton Kelly and I had. Um, one of the ones I thought was going to be awful, just the worst, but ended up being like one of my favorite ones was a flag on a pole match with Bobby Sharp. Okay. Um, that ended up being one of my favorite ones. Bobby was really easy to work and we had such a good match at that time. Uh, and, I also did a... And we in, in PWA, we have a history of in like matches involving infrastructure, like things on poles or, or, or like belts being hung. We have a, a history of shit, not working, breaking or falling. So whenever something does go off, it's always a big sigh of relief. Right. Um, there was a match with Michael Richard blaze. It was a false count anywhere. We ended up wrestling outside in the snow. Oh, I remember um, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, did yeah. get in trouble for that too, which was kind of funny. From from who? 
uh, from the venue because people started leaving with drinks in their hand. Oh, okay. and the, they didn't like that. They didn't want people leaving. Where was that? Uh, was that in then, Calgary or was that? Yeah, it was Calgary. Oh, at the casino. Okay. Yeah. And then there was also a submission match with uh, Davey O'Doyle that I also really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's anything else. How did you feel? Oh, I guess... ha- Sorry, go ahead. Oh, there's the uh, I don't know how to explain. It was like a la- it was like a table elimination match at Night of Champions. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, remember who was in the match was myself, Bobby, Colton Kelly, Kenneth Anthony. Um, God, there's two other people I'm missing in this <laughs> match, but I just can't think of their names. Your memory's as good as mine. Um, right. was it difficult to do like so many gimmick matches or was it tiring? Was it hard coming up with ideas or, or was it pretty much always fun? You know, it's kind of weird. Cause like that was my, my second title ever. Cause originally I had Colton Kelly and I had the tag titles. And so when I got the mayhem title, I never really kind of thought about what, like at, what happens after mm-hmm. Colton Kelly and I have our feud. So we do the last man standing match, had a blast. And then it was just kind of like there's a period where we're just kind of wrestling for a bit. And then I got injured, I broke my hand and that, yeah, that's when I broke my hand. Then I came back and I just kept doing just kind of like almost like film matches. It wasn't any big rivalries, Mm -hmm. but honestly, they were fairly easy. Like as long as we knew what the concept of the match was, it was fairly easy to put together. Right. Like, um, you know, they've had two separate chair matches, one with, uh, uh, Gabriel Estat and one with Cato. Um, whereas, like, where the one match we really focus on, like the chair shots and making those matter. And the other one is we use the chair more as like a prop, like we bumped mm-hmm. on the chair and we really had the chair be the focal point for turnarounds. But it just, I don't know, it's always seemed to come easy in a weird sense, even though I have like very little knowledge of hardcore matches. <laughs> So you were cool with being kind of strapped into that for, for that amount of time. Yeah. And I think, I think like for like business wise too, like I think the crowd really enjoyed me as champion. So I think it also helped on their ends. It's like, well, we don't need to refill this position. He can hold it as long as we need him to. And uh, yeah, I think it makes you memorable. It makes you memorable. That's, that's Reed Matthews. He's the mayhem title, you know, guy who did all the weird matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. It was actually weirder when I didn't have to do a mayhem title match. <laughs> I remember uh, during my run, I had one singles match against Sheikh Barshabaz again, um, and I just remember like, wow, I don't have to any, I don't have any gimmicks. What do I do? <laughs> like, it took me a second. I'm like, I don't remember how to put a match together <laughs> without a gimmick how involved. Do, how do I do all this wrestling stuff? So yeah. where did the thickness name come up from? Like who came up with that? Cause that, that caught on very quickly and, and people seem to like it. So that came from Kenneth Anthony and uh, Colton Kelly. When I first joined wrestling, um, I, before then I like went to the gym, had a trainer, like wanted to get in like super good shape to be ready for wrestling. And, um, a lot of people like Richie Rage would always compare me to Scott Scott Putman. He called me Putty a lot. Okay. And uh, Fury or Kenneth Anthony would always be like, like you're you're big, you're jacked, but you're not like like I'm not like shredded. I'm not like six pack abs sticking out. Yeah. He's like you're you're thick. You're thick. 
And he called me that. He kept saying that for a while. And then eventually he kept calling me thickness. And we're sitting in the back one day before a match. And um, I don't remember whose idea it was, but someone was just like, you should come out as the thickness. I'm like, yeah, definitely. Sounds like a fantastic idea. And you're right. Like it just took off. I don't know how it's worked very well. I don't plan on changing it anytime soon. I mean, you don't mess. Yeah, that was from those two boys. Yeah, you don't mess with something that works. But that's how I think a lot of great ideas in wrestling come from. Just kind of organically, things that pop the boys end up, you know, being huge things on TV sometimes. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I agree. Do you watch a lot of wrestling in your free time? Uh, I try. I won't lie. I, I have like an on and off period. Um, right now, I'm trying to keep up. But unfortunately, for some reason, my TV provider does not give me Raw and SmackDown. Who is your TV provider? Tell us. I have all I have every other Sportsnet channel other than 360 for some reason. Oh, okay. Which is which is very weird because it's weird. like uh should I not if I have all the other ones, why do I not have the one for Raw and SmackDown? That's true. Um but like I'm trying to keep up with NXT, keeping up with pay-per-views, uh trying to keep up with AEW. Um it ends up being a lot of wrestling. <laughs> there is so usually take a break every now and then we're living in a time now with the advent of the internet where there's just an unprecedented amount of content out there for wrestling and it's absolutely awesome but at the same time it's just impossible to keep up with it all like i watch i would say substantially more wrestling than the average person and there's so much more that i want and so much stuff that i'm behind on like i'm like four sh- i was looking today at pwg i'm like four shows behind on pwg i'm never going to get to those shows i have them and they're on a hard drive and they're waiting for me but i'll never get to it mm-hmm. and then that's what i think like it's just there's so much right now and it's so easily available that like balancing being a wrestler and watching wrestling and going to my nine to five and balancing relationships and trying to get any other extracurriculars in is so difficult yeah for sure you get married yet i uh, know i'm still engaged you are still in, okay because I, I know you got engaged and then i didn't mm-hmm. i don't remember if you got married we're, because we're practically married I'm at this point. you guys have been together for a long you guys are adorable she she's actually been with me almost my whole wrestling career really yeah, so I started wrestling in March of 2015, and we met in August of 2015. And she's probably a lot tougher than you, too. Oh, yeah, entirely tougher than me. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what's going on in, in Love Wrestling. You recently uh, did the, the dastardly heel turn, and you've aligned yourself with Zoe Sager. And I like the the adjustment in the ring gear. I think the like the jeans and shirt look for you kind of is kind of badass, and I like it a lot. Uh, honestly, that was an accident. Oh, really? Did you like forget yes, your gear so, or rip the no, gear? No, so I had gear made. That was like my my shiny blue ones. And uh, they were getting torn. So I was talking to the person who made the gear. And I'm like, hey, like, could we do another set? Um, and there's clearly a miscommunication because they're like, yeah, sure. And eventually when the Love Pro was coming up, I think it was the second show. I'm like, hey, like, uh, how's the gear coming? And she's like, oh, um, you haven't paid me yet. And I'm like, oh, I thought we were on understanding you were making them right now and I was going to pay you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it was kind of like last minute. I'm like, I need gear. So originally I was going to go out and look for like Hardy Boys, like cargo pants style. Okay. okay. Uh, of course, it's like June and can't find <laughs> that. Fair. 
So I was like, well, you know, like there's a couple times like I've when I've like been to like love shows or other shows, I'm in jeans and they're fairly stretchy. Like, why don't I just go find like the stretchiest jeans I could find? Mm-hmm. Uh, and sure enough, I found the stretchiest jeans and I tried them. I'm like, you know, hey, it works. I like it. And ironically enough, those jeans have worked out so well for me because that is the reason I, I feel like it's one of the main reasons I'm Zoe's bodyguard <laughs> <laughs> because of the jeans, because of the jeans, because I was talking with michael about he's just like i saw you in these jeans and i'm like you look tough as fuck like you look like you could beat the shit out of people yeah yeah i think it's and i was like oh yeah this is cool it's kind of what i'm going for and it's just and i think that's where like the light bulb started turning on it's like oh we could pair you with zoe for this um so those jeans have worked very well in my favor uh let's talk about the short kings explain to me uh, where the short kings came from at the last uh, uh, LPW oh. event, I ran into you guys uh, in the parking lot, and you were very excited to talk about entrance and all that kind of stuff. And and, and tell me about Mars the Specialist and what this is all about, because so far I'd say it's a lot of fun. It's it's so uh, I I'll, I'll start this off with this. Uh, it was entirely my fiance's uh, idea for the short king name. Um, okay. What, ha- what happened was, so when I came back to wrestling after COVID, I was kind of doing a couple RCW shows. Yeah, because you went we away the for, dome for a little while. Yeah, I took a step back because of COVID. I have some immune-compromised family members. So I was oh, just like, okay. you know what? Fair Best enough. to stay away. Just be do do the right thing there. Respect. And so we had the we had the dome show. And when I was hearing about, like, who's coming and whatnot, the name Mars, the specials come up. And, like, I've seen his, like, picture pop up for RCW and whatnot. But like I really didn't know who he was. Um, and I was talking to Kurt one day and he's like, yeah, Michael pretty much just pitched him as you of RCW. And I'm like, well, okay, well, that's good. <laughs> you know, so do a couple RCW shows and then meet Mars. And then they ended up doing this rivalry with us. Um, and we turn, we, and then it ended up being like, we're essentially the same person. We have a mm-hmm. lot of the same likes. Uh, we even look the same. Uh, to the point that we joke about how we're the same game character, but different color palette. <laughs> and so we joked about it all the time. Like, oh, we're doing this big rivalry and we're going to do like nice handshake respect finish. Like they're going to put us as a tag team. And we kept joking about tag names. Like originally, I think we were looking at Ready Player Two. Um, but then T-Shows called us like, oh, you're like the short kings. And so uh, I told it to Mars and he loved the idea. I and like so that a lot better about... than that other one. Just that kind of gives me like a super, super smash brothers player, Uno player dose kind of vibe. So I like this better. And that's kind of where like, because we kept talking about how like we're the same game character. That's kind of like where that vibe came from. And we both like video games, mm-hmm. but when we did the short Kings and then it started turning into, um, Oh, Hey, we are the same person. We hang out all the time. We drive together. We've trained together. Um, they're planning to put us together for a match for LPW. And Mars is like, do you want to film some things? And I'm like, sure, I'm totally down. And loved filming with him. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, those promos, um, if you haven't had a chance, check out on the social medias uh, to go back and watch those because they're. Yeah. I really enjoyed them. So much fun. Um, and we ended up joking quite a few times afterwards, like, oh, we're doing all of this for one match. <laughs> And it's, we just joked about it. We just kept doing them though, because we like we thoroughly enjoyed like just hanging out with each other and working with each other and bouncing these ideas off each other. And so, 
it really just kind of like organically came together. Like we just, like I said, we're essentially the same person. We just ended up wrestling each other like all through summer. And then we started traveling together and then training. Like we recently just did like a Winnipeg trip together. Okay. With a couple other wrestlers. So it just all kind of naturally came together. And it just, whenever we turned the camera on, we just have this great dynamic of like, I'm like the tough, uh, like older brother. And he's like the goofy, lovable younger brother. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I'll call my younger brother stupid. But if you call him stupid, yeah, I'm going to exactly. beat you up. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> and so it worked out very well in our favor. But right I love on. Mars. Yeah, Big I like him too. I like that guy a lot. Uh, we're going to quickly go to your second track because we're running out of time because my life sucks. Um, your second track is by a band called Motionless and White. The track is called Unstoppable. And I noticed you have Can't Stop and Unstoppable as your tracks. I think there's a little subliminal thing in there, but uh, tell me about this track and why you picked it. Uh, well, this is my entrance music. Yes. It uh, is. At the time when I started uh, going to Lance's school, Emotionless and White dropped that album like just before it. And I was just binge listening to music to like find an entrance song. And that was the one I ended up picking. I just loved, I, I liked the start of it. Cause like I always picture music kind of like how it would be in a video. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was picturing, like the video of me walking out on stage at this point and all that. So it just worked out very well that way. Right on. All right. So this is Unstoppable. This is Motionless and White on the Punk and Podovers podcast.
That is Motionless and White, the second pick from the thickness. Reed Matthews on the Punk and Platterverse podcast. And now let's talk about what's important. All right. Let's talk about what I wanted to talk about right off the top. But we had to go through all that other stuff first. You did something really, really cool for me a long time ago that, uh, that I will always remember. Um, when PWA announced the first uh, Saddledome uh, show, I didn't really have anything to do because they were running all the music and stuff up uh, uh, in the in the, the the big office upstairs, and I wasn't doing live commentary at the time. So Kurt asked me if I wanted to be in the Battle Royal, and I said, hell yeah, I want to wrestle in the Saddledome just so I can say that I wrestled in the Saddledome. And you let me get some offense on you, and I think that's pretty fucking cool. Yep, I, and I'll do it again. Like I'm just uh, the lowly commentator slash music guy, and you 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 bumped for me before I got eliminated, and uh, and I'll always remember that and think that was very very generous of you. And the fact that you know I can say that little old me, like everybody knows that I'm born and raised in Calgary, and 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 you know the Saddle Dome and the Flames are a very huge part of my life. So the fact that I got to to be in that building and do a wrestling show is awesome. But the fact that I got to get in the ring and actually you know get a, get a little shine. A little bit before I got tossed out was really cool. So I'll always respect and appreciate that you did that for me. Hey, uh, like I said, I'll do it anytime. I was, I was, I was like, stoked when I was told I'm like, oh, Boris is gonna be all like, oh hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and especially like at that point in my life, I'm like, well, I gotta, gotta do something with him. And I want to say actually, Michael came up to me. It's just like you know, like get him, get him something, get, let him get something, and then he can get eliminated. I'm like, cool. And I was like, Boris, you're gonna bump me. <laughs> And I was probably like, huh? <laughs> I don't think you had, I, and like, I remember at the time too, like you were a little nervous. Cause like, it, well, I'm not a wrestler, you know, I don't want to. It wanna... is the saddle dome. It's like being in the ring. So it's like, I remember, I think it was, it's true, but we still, we trusted you. We have entirely a full faith in you. Yeah. Like so I remember, I'm... I want to say it was myself and Colton Kelly, like going over how to get out of the ring from like being eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, 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 I bump you and then I rush to the ropes and try to pump the crowd up. And then Jack yep. Pride, that son of a bitch, comes out from, uh, from behind guy. and dumps me over. Um, I think when I post this, uh, uh, when I tweet about this uh, podcast, when it goes up, maybe I'll throw that clip in there so people can you see should. it. It's always, it's always, image, I, yeah, there's a pretty good image of us, isn't there? Yes, it will always be very, very special to me. Um, are you still doing the Thickness Gaming, the Twitch thingamajigger? Uh, it has paused in the moment, but I plan on going back. I was I was in the middle of school. And it was like kind of getting hard to do work in school and try and create content, but I will be going back. So tell me about what that's all about and where it can be found and when it can be found. Uh, well, right now, everything's pretty silent, but you can find everything at Thick Gaming 7 on pretty much all platforms, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, going Coming back shortly, I, have, I don't have an actual timeline yet. Because I've been very busy with wrestling, um, but I just kind of go on. I, I've always been a big gamer my whole life, and uh, I thought, why not give it a try? You know, I enjoy it. I, I miss it a lot, so I definitely will be back before before the new year. Oh, right on! But yeah, um, it's just me hanging out, having fun. What's uh, what's the what's the big game right now? What's in the old console or computer or whatever the fuck people uh, play games? So the big games right now that are just coming out. There's uh. Like the new Pokemon games coming out. Uh, I know uh, God of War had a new game coming out. I'm personally right now. I'm just playing a, a fan-made Pokemon game on my oh. phone. Okay. <laughs> uh, mainly because it's getting expensive to spend almost a hundred dollars yeah. on a video game nowadays. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, we're at about four minutes. Give me, uh, just hit me up with where, like what your uh, upcoming bookings are, where we can see you and maybe give us your social medias real quick as well. Uh, you can find me at the thickness seven everywhere or Reed Matthews. Um, you'll find me next, I believe is going to be LPW on the 25th. Uh, and then I have an RCW booking that Sunday on the 27th. And I think that's it at the moment. Uh, but hopefully that'll that'll increase. Hopefully there'll be a couple more bookings. Yeah, let's let's get that calendar full because you're a hell of a talent in the ring and you're just a good dude. And I like to see good things happen to good dudes. So thank you for taking a couple of minutes to hang out with me. Not a problem. I love hanging out with you. All right. <laughs> uh, we're going to go uh, off uh, with another Sloan song. I know I've played a lot of Sloan on the podcast lately, but of course they are my favorite band and they do have a new album out and I played a couple of songs off the new album. Uh, they just released a video for this song. It is called Dream It All Over Again. I think it's the best song on the album and the video is kind of cool. It's a very minimalistic, but kind of it's minimalistic, but busy at the same time. There's a lot to watch. So definitely uh, check that out. Um, if everything goes according to plan, I am hoping to have uh, Cobra Kai, the proprietor of WrestleCore, as my guest on the podcast next week. So I'm super excited to chat with him. I've never actually met him face to face, but I've heard good things about him and WrestleCore, and he seems like a good guy. So I'm excited for that. Again, thank you to Reed Matthews. This is Dreaming All Over Again. This is Sloan, and we will talk to y'all next week. What you gonna do if they call your name out? Raise your hand, the beat to the band in two. Yeah. The writing's on the wall, but the words came slowly. Take a stand from key to command, it's true. Never have.